0: That's F R E T 1 0. That's all at isotope.com. I Z O T O P E.com. Hey! We'd like to take a minute to thank our sponsor, Isotope, makers of software and plugins for audio repair, mixing, and mastering. We use Isotope products here at the High GAN. It's an important part of how we've been able to bottle pure podcast gold week after week. And guess what? Isotope offers one free month of Music Production Suite Pro, which has all the tools you need to mix, master, and repair audio. Also, you can get 10% off all other software using the promo code FRET10. That's F-R-E-T-1-0. All of this is at isotope.com. I-Z-O-T-O-P-E dot com. Hey, it's me, Ed Peterson. Oh, hi, Ed. It's me, John Kilticka. How are you, John? I am doing swell today. It's West Seattle, West Seattle, Washington, United
1: States of America. Yeah, that's where we record from. That is where we are. Yeah, exclusively West Seattle. That's right. Uh, what do we talk about, John?
0: We talk about guitars here, Ed. Boutique guitars, all kinds of guitars. Okay. Today, though. Yeah. We've got one of the fancy boutique guitars. Okay. It comes from Germany. Oh. Yeah. Okay. This
1: is a Daimel Firestar guitar. It is super cool, and it's super-duper pretty. I think it's okay to call a guitar pretty, right? I think it's okay to call a guitar yeah. pretty. Yeah. The guy who makes these? Yeah. In Germany? Okay. Frank Daimel? Yeah. He's here. Intercontinental.
0: Are you there, Frank? Yes, I'm here. Hello. <laughs> How are you, Frank? How are you doing?
1: I'm
2: good, thanks.
0: I understand the way time zones work. We caught you at night.
2: No, it's fine.
1: <laughs> this guitar's got a cool, sparkly pickguard. Yes, it does. What color is that, John? The pickguard? No, the guitar. It
0: is
2: a blue color. Frank, what color is blue color? We call it deep blue metallic. Deep okay. blue metallic. The supplier came up with a new line of metallic finishes. And that was like, wow. I thought like, yeah, I have to use that.
1: <laughs> this guitar's got three pickups. That's not crazy unconventional, right? Yeah. But I see one behind the bridge. Yes. That is not so conventional.
0: This guitar is generally an offset body with more styling near the horns like a Firebird. Yep. So take a Firebird and a Jazzmaster and kind of mash them up and extend the length of the body so there's all that string travel behind the bridge. And that makes a perfect place to put a pickup. So you've got two Jazzmaster pickups, single coils, and a single coil behind the bridge. But guess what else, Ed? Tell me. This guitar has a piezo in it as well.
1: Where is
0: that? I am hoping Frank can tell us this. You sometimes put the piezo in the headstock, sometimes in the body, sometimes multiple discs in the body. Do you happen to know where it is on this guitar?
2: (laughs) Uh, yeah, uh, it's right under the switch section, the slider switch section. Uh, On the back side. Oh, there it, there is. it is. We are just simply choosing the most sensitive area in the body. These discs, they are picking up body resonance. You can move them along while you are putting them to a jack, and you can hear the differences while you are moving them. Oh. And then you find a sweet spot so to say, and you say, okay, this is the place where I'm going to do it on.
0: Beverages. Yes. <laughs> Beverages.
2: Frank, do you have a beverage? Yes. What are you drinking? It's natural water from
1: the region here. Ooh. Outside of Berlin, right? Yeah, a
2: little bit more than an hour east from the center of Berlin.
1: And it's sort of like a nature area?
2: Right. Yeah, it's a total rural area. Um, it's a natural preserve park. We have a lot of lakes uh, nearby, only two kilometers from here. So we can go swimming there in the summer and walk or do biking and all these kind of stuff. And the village here is only like 90 people and no market, uh, only a bus station. And that's all. Wow. (laughs) So if we go shopping, we have to drive with the car like seven kilometers or so. This is pronounced Markish, is that right? Uh, Merkische Höhe. Merkische Höhe.
0: Right. Very good.
1: (laughs) What are you drinking, John?
0: I have a palm antioxidant super tea. Okay. Pomegranate orange blossom white tea.
1: That sounds lovely.
0: Well, it says it's harmonious. Oh, sure. Maybe that will
1: help. I'm going to drink a protein shake. Did you make the protein shake? With protein powder and oat milk. So, yes. All right. There's three on offs and then a three way toggle at the top. Is that right?
0: Yeah, as I understand it, the first one is on-off for the piezo. The second one is serial or parallel for the pickups. If you are parallel, it turns them into essentially a humbucker. Correct. Okay. More single-coily. And then more humbuckery. Got it. And then the last one, I'm not quite sure. Is that the pickup behind the bridge, Frank? Yeah, it should be.
1: That's cool. What kind of inspired that? I'm
2: a guitar magazine collector, and I'm reading magazines since I'm like 16 or so. I don't know. I have them all here. And there was one, um, I think it was Guitar World or something. It was a report about Japanese noise bands. And they had pickups all over the guitar, even on the headstock. (laughs) And I thought like, wow, why not? (laughs) That's a really cool idea. (laughs) The Firestar was originally planned to have sort of a platform for experimental or different sounds. That's why we use the piezo and try to figure out better ways to use the slider switches. So we have a creative tool. So we thought like, then also let's use a pickup behind the bridge especially when we are putting in the so-called pickup Leslie, which is an onboard unit, which lets uh, alternate the pickups electronically.
1: So it just toggles between the two pickups like a Leslie speaker, right?
2: Yeah, it's an automatic toggle back and forth, and you can adjust the effect and speed and intensity right on the guitar. And then when you are using the pickup behind bridge, That's totally amazing because it alternates between the neck and the behind bridge pickup. Oh. (laughs) And that's really, really nice. (laughs) But you don't hear what is in between. Normally you have uh, noise when you're switching or disconnecting the pickups momentarily from the ground. And that makes a click noise. We had to find a way to get rid of that. So in the middle, it's faded
1: out. So you actually handle that?
2: Yes. Is that a passive circuit or is that active? It has an onboard super cap on it. You can load the cap with a jack from the outside. And it's like 10 seconds loading time and you can play like eight hours. Wow. It's a huge advantage over the nine volt thing because you don't want to sell the people a unit which necessarily has to uh, use a nine volt battery in your guitar. Yeah, for sure. As long as you're plugged in, that cap is charging. Yeah. Wow, that is fantastic. And we even thought about
1: using solar panels now (laughs) You posted a picture a while back of the guitar that you're prototyping platform. Mm. The entire body is routed, so you can swap the pickups in and out. That's pretty great. Do you still use that?
2: Yes. That's our pickup test guitar. It's one of my first Strat copies out of plywood. <laughs> I cut it off and mounted it back and forth. There are hinges and you can <laughs> just open the body and then you can slide the pickups from the side under the strings and, and check out all different pickups or electronics. So it's sort of like a laboratory
1: guitar. dymond has been around for 25 years?
2: It's now this year 25 anniversary
1: what was that path you bought guitar magazines i'm gonna make guitars was that the path
2: (laughs) (laughs) i was growing up with an older brother who was doing a lot of building
1: aircrafts
2: he was much into that and uh, i helped him in the finish and and the gluing and all this kind of stuff and he was always figuring out also electronic things like spy on uh to, to spy on our parents and so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I was always with him and helping him, assisting sort of, but my job was to make them the things, to make them nice. <laughs> my parents, they were teeth makers. I think that's what what you call in English. They were making the teeth, you know? Dentures? I think so. Yeah.
1: So like if someone gets a tooth knocked out, they made replacement teeth for people, you mean?
2: Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
1: Wow. Okay. Is that from molds and stuff?
2: Yeah, it's a lot of various techniques. You make them out of plastic and metal and you make bridges for the teeth on the backside to chew on and whatever. It's a lot of techniques. It's a craft actually, you know. Did any of that craft transfer for you? I think yes, because it's Something where you are sitting on a table, focusing on a highly precise thing you are making. And um, I was playing a classical guitar since I'm six because my mother asked me, do you want to play soccer or play guitar? You have to do something. And, (laughs) And I decided for the guitar. But two years later, I dropped that because I couldn't get along with the other guys bullying me. Two years later, my brother brought a broken electric guitar, it was a Japanese SG, into the house because people said, Hey, you guys can repair that for sure. For me, it was like a moment of, Wow, this is it. In the same time, we were like looking uh, at the Woodstock movie on the TV all the time because we had that video system and we had recorded the Woodstock movie. I was always looking at the Santana gig, and we had that SG at home. And I was like, ooh, yeah, that's it. That's my thing. What a trip. We hear stories of people that began
0: playing, and then they were in bands. And then maybe they were playing clubs and doing all of that. And then out of necessity, they started fixing their own guitars. Yeah. Then through that traveled into the realm of building them.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: But it sounds like you got into the repairing of them right off the bat. Yeah, super young. Yeah, that was the initial thing. You're right. And later on, I also got into bands and played in the town, and we uh, had gigs. And also in Berlin later, we had a band, and we were touring and making records. But that came after making guitars, absolutely.
1: The shape of this guitar, it's evocative of an offset But also, it's got those Japanese import influences, I think, a lot. Is that also in the design aesthetic you were going for?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I love those oddballs. I love the 60s, 70s kind of eco-Italian design and the Japanese ones.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: That was a time where the electric guitar was developing in such a variety of ways. In the 80s or 90s, when you went to a music store, you only saw like five brands. But I think in the 60s, there was much more. Yeah. It was much wilder and more interesting. It's really not easy to establish a design because you try to be close to the classic guitars like Les Paul, a Telecaster, a Stratocaster. It's a market of its own, I think, to make boutique
1: guitars. You need something familiar, but not so familiar. It's got to be distinctly you.
2: Yeah. I want to make guitars where the customer feels home. As you said, a familiar design where you think, okay, this looks close like a Jazzmaster or something like a Firebird. I'm interested in that hybrid thing where you quote certain ingredients, you know, we don't want to change what was already good. What can be improved as builders? We don't have a history like Fender or Gibson. So we can use all these ingredients and cook up something new and I think that's fascinating.
0: Let's hear this a little more, Ed. A little bit of dirt there. This is a neck position. if we want to go into the bridge and see how kind of spanky that gets. And then back to the middle. So now I'm like really trebly. I've got both the piezo and the behind the bridge on and the pickup selectors in the bridge position. It's pretty bright. recovery effects phantom operator and a demo dash T120.
1: I saw the one that's got the modular input in it. How did you go down that path? Can you talk about that guitar?
2: That was actually a request from a customer, a good friend of mine. He's a producer, a DJ, also radio moderator and a guitarist. He has a set of modular and he's doing DJ nights with another person. So he was f- super familiar with both worlds. And he asked me, Frank, "What do you think the Leslie could possibly send out any CV signal? You know, CV is controlled voltage. Right, yeah. And that's controlling the modulars. You are using these 3.5 millimeter patch cables and you are plugging them all over the place of these modular systems so i asked the guy who's doing the leslie he sat down with my customer and so we figured out a way to send cv and to receive cv as well so when the leslie is on the guitar still sounds like a guitar it goes into a regular amplifier It's sort of independent from that trigger signal from the Leslie. But once you are connected to a modular and you adjust the speed of the Leslie, you are in sync with the modular.
1: So the Leslie is the clock. Right. So you just play a chord and as it pulses in the guitar, the modular is actually matching that pulse.
2: Totally. Yeah, exactly. Oh, man.
1: (laughs) You said the guitar can take it in as well. So if you set a beat in the modular, you can sync the Leslie clock to that.
2: Right, then the modular is the master and the guitar is the slave. Oh my God. What does that sound like? Well, it's pretty weird. It also depends on the modular system you are using. I have a MOOC Mother 32 here. And um, once you are playing with these filters, you can change the guitar to an absolute strange spaceship sound. When you send in CV, the guitar reacts more or less like a ring modulator.
1: <laughs> it sounds super, super great. That seems like a massive years-long project. Did that take a while?
2: Oh yeah, that was like
1: one and a half or two years of development. So that was built specifically for a customer. Have you built additional versions of that guitar for other people
2: yeah i have repeated the concept and in the moment we have six orders on it wow
1: how
0: did you get to that place where you're building these guitars that seem familiar and comfortable to people but you're thinking about what they're going to be used for is much more expansive and experimental were you always that way or did something happen in the music you were listening to to turn your head more experimental how did that begin?
2: It's a good question because there was a point where we had to somehow also find our niche in the market. I'm open-minded. I hear a lot of different kinds of music. I can almost hear all kinds of styles as long as I get goose pimples. If it affects me, it's good. I don't ask for the category. The customers always come with questions and then somehow it develops because we don't say, Hey, this is not what we are doing. First, I listen to the desires of the customer, and then I try to
1: realize that. This guitar, you pick it up, and you just find yourself doing weird stuff. Yes. It totally makes you try stuff that you wouldn't ever try. Yeah,
2: I think the instrument ideally should inspire to make new music. You know what else is inspiring, Ed? Tell me. Frank makes guitars
0: in artist editions that his partner Cora designs all the artwork for. Yeah. yeah. These are one offs that are made from her original pop
2: art designs. Those fascinate me. How did that come to be, Frank? I'm married to Cora, and she's an amazing person and lovely. And she helps so much in the company. And she's 50% here. I mean, she's doing all else except building, but she's actually an artist. She went to San Francisco Art Institute and she has a master of fine arts. I know it's not easy to survive as an artist. So we thought like, hey, shouldn't we do something together? I make you a guitar, which is like a canvas and you make something. I think that started almost eight years ago, the first one. It was called the Berlin Edition, and it was so much fun for us as partners to have a project which you both think of and you can collaborate on. There's always this part when everything is done. She has done the artwork. I've done the building. We are sitting together and we are choosing the right knobs and, and covers. Oh, yeah. Everything comes together and you say, yes, this is it. Or, No, we cannot use the orange knob. Let's use the the purple knob. It's better. <laughs> so that's a beautiful project between us. In the editions, are they one of a kind? Yeah, it's like so much work for her and to develop the art. And she's working same way as she would make a drawing or paint a picture. So she's preparing it in a digital way. And uh, there's a certain process of putting the art on the guitar. So she makes, I would say four to five in a year. They're just beautiful, I think. Thanks. Everybody should go look at those. It's also that she's always working on a theme, on a topic. Yeah. So each guitar reflects something which is also in a contemporary way meant to be a statement. She did that with the pop art before, and now she's doing it even more
1: on the guitars. I'm switching gears a little bit. Yeah. As a kid, you were watching Woodstock. Yeah. I wonder about the headstock and Jimi Hendrix. Was <laughs> Jimi Hendrix getting burned into your brain at a young age?
2: The problem was that uh, the videotape stopped as Jimi started to play.
1: <laughs> oh no.
2: <laughs> what? <laughs> the only thing I saw him starting Purple Haze uh, from the backside and then the video stops. <laughs>
0: oh no. <laughs>
2: Only later, when I bought the DVD, I could see the entire gig on Woodstock from Jimi Hendrix. In that way, it burned. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) But the reverse headstock, it was decided, actually, while I was looking on the first Firestar design. When I was cutting out the body, I thought the guitar is looking more positive. It's sort of like smiling when the headstock goes upwards. Oh, sure. I wasn't sure because I know that a lot of people say, hey, I never would play a guitar with a reversed headstock. So we said, okay, then we offer both. Uh, So if people want to have the regular headstock, we do that. And technically, the bass strings do uh, respond in a different way when there's a longer section. It affects a little bit the tension of how the guitar feels.
1: Oh, I totally can see that.
2: Of course, it's much more fun to play the uh, bass strings than the higher ones, you know? Yeah. So when you put a piezo in the headstock, do you run the wire down through the truss rod channel? There's a track on the side, and we just glue in the cables there. And uh, we have jacks on the bottom of the neck heel. Once you take off the neck, you can unplug the piezo cables. I see the hex screw on the side of the neck heel here, where the neck attaches to the body.
0: How does that adjustment work?
2: Yeah, that's the GOTO side adjuster. It's a mechanical box which takes the power needed to adjust the truss rod by 90 degrees to the side. These are just metal bars which, when once compressed, direct the power to the side. When you are turning the hex screw like a quarter of a turn, the neck will adjust more straight. And if you go counterclockwise, it will loosen. The side adjuster entirely takes over the adjustment of the truss rod. The original nut for the truss rod is still in the heel. So if you would take off the neck, you would see it. You have to put it tight and then the task gets taken over by the side adjuster nut. Also, we have an angled headstock, and if you are drilling something there, you are weakening the area. I wanted to avoid that.
1: Are you a shop of one, more or less, for building?
2: No, no, we are two guys. Okay. My neighbor, I trained him to make the wood parts. He's using the machineries downstairs to make the bodies and necks. I'm doing the varnish and the final assembly. And the pickups and Cora is doing everything else like organizing the files, the orders, the invoices. We also do the designs together on Adobe Illustrator. We are developing the vector designs for each guitar and make drawings for the customers that they can see how the guitar will look like and so on. That is pretty boutique i I'm at almost 500 guitars. Whoa, 525 years. Yeah.
0: What are your wait times?
2: and it's nine to 12 months still that doesn't seem bad at all yeah yeah needs to be reasonable
1: <laughs> there's something pretty amazing about knowing that when you get the guitar yeah the guy you've been emailing is actually the person building it
0: that process is every bit as important as the
2: object itself it becomes a story oh yes i even get to know the customer very well uh some of them, we are good friends now, and we get invitations to their places.
1: <laughs> Seattle is lovely. I don't know if you've been, but you know. Yeah,
0: thanks. Good to know. It seems like the boutique guitar-making world is in a kind of artistic renaissance. The guitars that are being made now are some of the finest we've ever seen. Would you agree with that? Oh, yes. Yeah.
2: I have a quite good overview We have an association here called the EGB, it's the European Guitar Builders Association. We organized the Holy Grail Guitar Show in Berlin years ago, and that was only about boutique builders from all over the world. So we invited, it was 135 exhibitors from more than 30 countries. Wow. It was like a huge come together of all these artists and it was so beautiful guitars on a table and the person building them they are good times for making boutique guitars you must know nikolai shore then of course he's a very good friend of mine we are in the same association and he's our secretary oh. <laughs> well now you like, have both been on this show yeah yeah <laughs>
0: frank knows everybody yeah exactly <laughs> well then i'm going to throw out maybe a long shot
2: do you know david hasselhoff <laughs> Ah uh, Yes, recently we saw all his Baywatch series again with our kids. <laughs> <laughs> Is he still very big there? I don't know. He tried to have a comeback here recently, I think. It was uh, strange.
0: <laughs> What's next? Is there anything you could tell us about?
2: Yeah, we are going to develop a new... Guitar model, which I cannot speak a lot about, but it's conceived as something which should include everything we are as a company. That's maybe enough what I would say about it. <laughs> <laughs> no one's listening it's to just, this. No, us. It's just <laughs> us. Don't worry.
1: <laughs>
0: if people want to see more of your stuff, daimoguitarworks.com and corayunger.com Yeah. Anywhere else? What's your Instagram?
2: Oh yeah, that's quite good. Uh, we have like 32,300 followers. It's Daimler Guitar Works. And we have also Daimler Guitar Works on the bench on Instagram. Ooh. So if you order a guitar with us, you get a personal hashtag for your guitar. Oh. Wow. The hashtag is the guitar serial number. So you can follow up your build, your order. You see where we are with your guitar.
1: Oh, that's cool.
2: All the ones custom ordered have that hashtag. The Out of the Blue was not custom ordered. It was limited edition. We made five of them. What is the Out of the Blue series commemorating? Actually, Out of the Blue. The idea was, hey, (laughs) let's do something Out of the Blue. That's great. What's fancy? What's great? And then we thought, hey, we have that blue metallic. We have that holographic glitter pick art. Let's see what it looks like.
1: The one we've got right now, is it one of those? Yes. One of five. Oh, okay. It's
2: part of a limited edition. Only four others of yours.
0: And we should say we were generously loaned this by superfan Dylan. Thank you, Dylan.
2: Anything else, John?
0: This was fantastic. And I don't know how to thank you enough for taking the time to
2: talk to us, Frank. Yeah, you're welcome. It was very nice for me. Thanks a lot. I appreciated it. Great. Where can people find us, Ed?
1: Instagram. We're the high gang.
0: All over the place. Sure. We'll take lots of pictures of this. Yep. And we'll put them up in all those places so everybody can see. Cool. And then we're going to come back next week, probably do it again, don't you think? I think we should. (laughs) I think it'll be great. And as always, Ed. Yeah. We are devout members of the Ruinous Media Network of Music-Related Podcasts.
1: You did a great job. Thank you very much. How'd we do, Frank? Did we do okay?
2: Perfect. It was really great. Pleasure to talk to you.
1: Thank you, Frank. Thanks a lot.
0: Bye. Okay, bye, Ed. Bye.